0: Welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And this episode of A Smashing Theory is no joke.
1: <laughs> we never joke here on A the Smashing Theory.
0: <laughs> no. That was very nice of you to laugh at that, Sean. That wasn't that good. It was good enough. <laughs> yeah, there was there was an update while, like... Well, Sean was sick, and while I was in Florida they they're just like, "Here, have this shit, so we're gonna talk about it, yes, um, first, we usually do corrections and other uh smash slash fighting game news mm-hmm. uh, no corrections, yeah,
1: we're just that good, yeah,
0: now. we're either we're amazing or I didn't notice anything on my lesson." And no one sent us any corrections. So I'm going to assume that we just did great last yeah, episode. Yeah, we are perfect and we're yeah. abolishing
1: corrections. Yeah, made no <laughs> mistakes. We'll always be perfect. <laughs>
0: uh, if anyone doesn't find as much value in the corrections segment as I do, let me know. If it like bogs down your listening experience, I'm curious to know that. <laughs> Then we
1: can correct corrections by excising it from the outline. We,
0: we have a correction from last episode. Uh, corrections were a mistake, <laughs> and, uh, and we're correcting it. Yep. By by no longer doing corrections, except including... for right now. <laughs> but we we have a little news segment kind of to talk about that doesn't really fit anywhere else in the rest of this episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's relevant at least to Sean's interest, so we yeah. might as well. <laughs> so we might as well bring it up. Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out uh, well it'll be out by the time you listen to this episode
1: yeah it's coming out tonight as of the time we're recording and I'm literally like my head is going to explode I'm so excited (laughs) oh I'm so pumped I'm so ready
0: Sean is so excited for MK11 that he actually pre-ordered it which is something he never does with video games Yes. so like I was banking on that so Amy and I could give it to him (laughs) as a birthday gift Uh, but he actually (laughs) He actually fucking got the game. Uh, yeah, couldn't miss early. out on that
1: sweet, sweet fucking uh, Shao Kahn.
0: Yeah, that that would do it. That that would <laughs> that would incentivize you of all people. Yeah, as as right. has been demonstrated by the actions you've made in your life.
1: I get to do tackles and go hey ya over and over again. Like, come on, that's worth a hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I I love that. Like Shao Kahn is in a game in twenty nineteen. And he still points at the opponent and says, You suck! (laughs) Like, you'd you'd think they'd, like, pep that up, contemporize, like, that general feel somehow. They were actually...
1: In one of those Game Informer interviews, they asked a guy about it, and he basically said, like, yeah, we we actually went back and forth a really long time about whether we wanted to have Shao Kahn say, you suck. (laughs) And it was kind of like nostalgia versus, like, what would the Emperor of Outworld actually say? Right. And they went with nostalgia, because the whole game is a big nostalgia trip.
0: The whole game is a big nostalgia trip. What they should have done is, like, had a past Shao Kahn skin that says you suck, Ah, and a present Shao Kahn skin that says I'm I'm going to say anything even slightly more sensible (laughs) and in character for me than you suck. It's official. You bad. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I solved it. (laughs) Anyway, we're excited for MK11, and one interesting thing the Switch version of MK11 was data mined or something,
1: right? Uh, or like someone at GameStop, you know, or something.
0: It was. It had something to do with the code of the Switch version. I'm right. pretty sure the Switch version contains nine character names that are not in the base game. One of which has been confirmed as a DLC character. So we might have had the entire DLC roster. Of MK11 leaked. Which,
1: at this point, wouldn't be surprising to me. And it's so funny, because I was thinking about, earlier today, the fact that, like, almost every time there was a leak for Smash, it was wrong, you know? uh uh-huh. like we got juked by the Grinch leak, and then I feel like there were a lot of other leaks where it was like, oh, we, maybe it's a mess. Yeah,
0: we're, we're actually going to be talking in this episode how a leak that we banked on might end up being wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, go but on. But then,
1: with Mortal Kombat 11, every time there's a leak, it's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, every time, to- like, I mean... God, poor NetherRealm. It's like the <laughs> ship of Theseus over there. Parts are just getting ripped off and leaks are coming out. You know? And there's nothing they can do to stop it.
0: The the single time I can think of that a Mortal Kombat thing or a NetherRealm thing did not get leaked uh-huh. in full substantially <laughs> before its reveal is Ninja Turtles as DLC.
1: Yeah, that was a cool surprise. Yeah,
0: like everyone thought it was going to be Spawn instead and right. it was Ninja Turtles. Uh, that, that was a cool... That was a cool whoopsie doodle, and in, uh, actually, yes, in,
1: Daniel, it was a cool whoopsie doodle. It was
0: the coolest whoopsie doodle, and in fact, I think, I think Virginian actually did say that the turtles would be oh, okay. Like he he actually did leak that, Man. but his but his track record was already so spotty that not everyone believed him
1: because he sucks.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Ben you're you're a fine person.
1: This is the fuck does Virginian podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, here are the nine potential DLC characters. Right. Versus Shang Tsung, we knew about that. Yeah. Um, this is this is the order that the leak lists them in.
1: Right, not uh, necessarily the release order. Yeah, and
0: I feel like it won't be the release order. This would be a very weird, not very hype-inducing release order. <laughs> yes, that's If true. this was the exact order that they were revealed in. But uh, Shang Tsung, uh, Joker... right. Uh, Not the Joker we're about to talk about for a right, while. Right, right. Joker
1: but, from Mar- uh, DC. Yeah, we're Is
0: assuming right. the comic book character Joker... Which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I
1: I actually really like the idea of them making like kind of like an R, well, not even R rated, but like an X rated joke, not sexy, <laughs> but like you know
0: M rated Joker. Is that what you're trying to say? Sure,
1: right, like a Joker that can actually like bash your head off with a crowbar and do all the stuff that I'm sure they want to do in Injustice, but they can't. Yeah,
0: um, no, that's that's very interesting. It's obviously going to be kind of marketing for that Joker movie that's coming out later this year. So I wonder if he'll at least have a skin that makes him look like Joaquin Phoenix. That'd be cool. And actually, even if they got Joaquin Phoenix to, like, do voice (laughs) lines for it. Right. Uh,
1: It's so funny because he's so weird. Yeah. That there are, like two realities one where he like full-throatedly embraces voicing the joker in this game (laughs) and one where he would never do it yeah it's impossible to know
0: i this this mk game has been so like celebrity voice thirsty (laughs) right um side note uh the more I hear of Ronda Rousey as Sonya Blade, the worse a decision I think that was. I
1: watched an IGN review of the game earlier today uh-huh. and they specifically said like the story's great and the voice acting great, except in one case and then played a <laughs> clip of Ronda Rousey uh-huh. as Sonya Blade that was really <laughs> bad. So yeah, I uh you know I've been increasingly iffy about that over time and it yeah. just sounds like it was just bad.
0: Yeah, no, just uh just a a bad decision for multiple reasons. Yeah. So, sometimes, I feel like you can kind of separate the decisions NetherRealm Games uh-huh. has made, and the decisions that WB Games, their publisher, has made. <laughs> right. That was a WB Games decision. Yeah. That was a WB Games' fuck decision, yeah. and it was a bad one. But yeah, so whether, whether or not Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix would be the best fit for... A video game Joker right. voice, I could see them trying to at least get that going for like a skin.
1: Yeah. I think they'd do a b be- he'd do a better job than Ron
0: does. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh but yeah, I, I get what re- you I get what you mean there. Absolutely. Up next on the list is Nightwolf. Yes. Uh Nightwolf has been one of my favorite Mortal Kombat characters. He's cool, man. Uh yeah. I've I've always really liked him. I'm I'm really interested to see what his design is gonna be like. One thing I'm hoping is that they do what Killer Instinct did for Chief Thunder. Mm-hmm. The 2011... 2013 version? 2013 version of Killer right. Instinct basically completely redesigned Chief Thunder with input from actual Native Americans. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, like, yeah. so, if if they did that for Nightwolf, and honestly, Nightwolf is such a, like, out of all the MK cast they pick Nightwolf, I feel like there's gotta be something like that. They're yeah. like, hey, yeah. yeah, we we, um, oh man, um... I don't know if I if I'm officially predicting this, okay? Because this is more of another own decision <laughs> than a WB Games decision, and uh-huh. I don't think NetherRealm would have the power to decide this. But if they were like, "Here's Nightwolf we we got input from Native American communities for Nightwolf's new design. Mm-hmm. Part of the profits we get from Nightwolf will go towards Flint repairs. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, that'd be really cool.
0: Um. So like that—that'd that'd be so cool. I—I I don't think I'd expect <laughs> that.
1: Right. That'd be great, though. I mean, Michigan's like our next-door neighbors. You know, they're really close by. Yeah. Send some money over there.
0: Yeah. I N- Nightwolf is is just kind of an outlier here. He's not as popular as the rest of the cast. Uh-huh. You know, he's not as demanded as the rest of the cast. Right. So I feel like he's in there for like some weird reason. Okay. Right. And uh, and maybe that's maybe that's the reason. I, I would approve of that yeah.
1: reason. And... I
0: think it'd be real cool. Uh, next on the list is Terminator.
1: I'm actually so excited about Terminator <laughs> as a potential guest character. He's like, he's more, cool. Yeah, I never would have picked him myself. Yeah, but only because I would just never have thought about it. Right. Like, uh, I think that he fits so well into Mortal Kombat. You know, you could have lots of like dialogue with Sub Zero or Frost or whoever about the Cyber Initiative. You uh-huh. know. Oh yeah, like yeah. What oh. you do there?
0: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: Um. And yeah, I just think that. Uh, you could do a lot of cool stuff with like his battle damage, revealing his like robot face. Oh yeah, true. Even just kind of from like an aesthetic and like a kind of like intro dialogue perspective, I like him. Yeah. And then on top of that, knowing that NetherRealm's going to do a great job with him, yeah, you know, makes me even more excited.
0: Yeah, there there was that that poll for Injustice Two. Who do you want? Spawn, Hellboy, Terminator, or Buffy? Right. And uh, Spawn won. Yeah, that poll. Followed some by Hellboy, followed reason. by Terminator, followed by Buffy. What'd you say?
1: Oh, for some stupid fucking reason.
0: <laughs> and yeah, so I I figured that Terminator was kind of on their DLC slate, right? Uh, but yeah, MK11. I wasn't quite expecting him to show up here.
1: Yeah, me neither. But I'm I'm down. I'm ready.
0: Yeah, he's he's a cool fit, and also like a great get for WB Games because right. because WB Games needs to get guest characters that are okay with being decapitated and like. <laughs> And uh-huh. cut in a half, and and whoever owns Terminator is it Warner Brothers? Whoever owns Terminator, right, is like we don't, we don't give a shit. You're He's a robot, robot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be a Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger's likeness. That'd be cool, or if it's going to be like just like I'm, I'm a naked metal robot uh, man. That'd be less cool. Yeah, because obviously they'd be cool with. Fucking up that robot, right? Right, but would they be cool with fucking up Arnold Schwarzenegger's likeness on top of the robot? I'd want to say maybe because yeah. even the movies <laughs> fuck up his likeness; they rip off half his face and right. show the robot underneath. You know, so
1: I'd also be okay with them getting the uh, goo Terminator from Terminator Two. You know, oh yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's not doing anything these days. So <laughs> he could he could come in, he could do the voice, he could lend his likeness. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine too.
0: Yeah, that'd be a good decision,
1: <laughs> Daniel. Up next, <laughs> up next
0: on the list is Sindel. Yes, uh, one of my favorites,
1: everyone's favorite witchy hair girl. Yeah, Or woman,
0: her, her, her fucking uh, hair, hair kinesis, uh-huh. uh, is awesome. I'm her, a big fan
1: of that trope. Yeah, you know? in the tabletop game uh, Pathfinder, you can play as a witch. Mm-hmm. Or a warlock.
0: Oh yeah, they can. And, that right, just yeah. has prehensile hair. Right, That's you, the... you
1: can like specialize in prehensile hair to the point where like you can get really good with it and like grapple with it and shit. Yeah. Uh, so I I dig that.
0: Yeah, and she can do that. She can do her screams and mm-hmm. yeah. I I've wanted Sindel to be playable again for a little while, <laughs> so it's 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 a good DLC decision. Good job. Yeah.
1: She she's never really like jazzed me as a character, but I I appreciate you know. Her role in the games, and I think it's uh, you know it's it's cool to have kind of almost this like horror movie character in there, you know, with the like Bride of Frankenstein aesthetic and the screaming and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel as though, like you know, in terms of like the hair moving around and stuff, like she'll look better than ever. You know what I mean? Like, she'll yes. look cooler than ever. Mm, absolutely. And yeah. so there, to that extent, I'm I'm really looking forward
0: to her. Same. Next on the list. Spawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah Spawn. <laughs> Sean's favorite. Hey, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> it's,
1: fine, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's in the game. It's fine.
0: Uh, I if... love Spawn. <laughs> it's great. I don't know if we brought it up much on the podcast proper, uh, but Sean has been salty about the prospect of Spawn being in another realm game as guest DLC.
1: I think he's boring, and I don't like
0: him <laughs> for his long. As Netherrealm has been doing DLC? Uh, really,
1: even since he was in, like, Soul Calibur. Oh, yeah. I was like, come on, why? <laughs> this is stupid.
0: I I think I think Soul Calibur wasn't really a great demonstration of what Spawn was capable of, mm-hmm. like, from a moveset perspective. I saw you know? the
1: shitty movie. <laughs> that's, that's about my exposure to Spawn. Yeah, the
0: movie wasn't great. I've seen some of the comics. Uh, I do think at the very least... That his moveset's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah, they'll make him cool, but, like, fucking... Come on. Part of it is, like, I'm concerned about what I'll call the Heihachi conundrum. (laughs) Which is the notion that, like, he could be put in the game and be so cool or have a moveset that is so tailored to my tastes that I feel compelled to play him, even though I don't like him. (laughs) Uh, So I hope the Heihachi conundrum does not come to pass.
0: You know, I, I... I'll hope for your sake that that is also the case. But I could absolutely see him being like a mid-range mix-up machine. Uh, The
1: worst. Um, But also the best. I mean, I would love for that kind of a moveset to be a DLC character, just not him. Not him. (laughs) Not him.
0: Next on the list is a character that I think we're both a little more excited for, and that's Ash Williams yeah, from Evil Dead. This is such a cool pick Yeah, I never would have guessed. I have, I always had it on kind of like a short list, uh-huh. you know, like I kind of a, this would be cool if, right. if Mortal Kombat ever did this. Like, you know, like looking at horror movie icons and sure. being like, oh, here's one. Uh, I don't know if they'd ever be able to get the likeness and all that, but like just a dude with a chainsaw for an arm as a right. character. Perfect Mortal Kombat. He would fit in Mortal Kombat three, let alone Mortal Kombat eleven. <laughs> That's you know, true, yeah. like that kind of concept—just a dude with a chainsaw for an arm. Uh-huh. That's some old school Mortal Kombat shit. It
1: really is.
0: So, uh, so yeah, this this is a great pick. Um, I think out of the guest characters, I'm definitely looking forward to him the most.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about like. How much chainsaws as weapons suit Mortal Kombat aesthetically. Yeah. And what a shame it was that, like, Leatherface got that and now there'd never be another chainsaw guy. Uh, uh So now that there's another chainsaw guy, maybe, you know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty okay with that.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Here's the character I'm most looking forward to on the DLC list. Alrighty. Fujin, yeah. the god
1: of wind. Finally, Fujin.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fujin was a character for Mortal Kombat 4. Yeah, a game that I probably played more than the average person, including me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean, the Mortal Kombat guy, probably I, pl- played less Mortal Kombat Four than I did. I
1: kind of skipped right from Trilogy to uh, Deadly Alliance. Yeah,
0: somehow. yeah, I had a I had four for the PS One, and I got all the endings I could because the endings were fucking hilarious. They really were. They like you can look at the Mortal Kombat Four endings in 2019 and think, oh well maybe they weren't as bad as they are now in 1997. <laughs> right. Uh, no, they were that bad. Yeah, yeah. They they were always really like hilariously <laughs> badly voiced, badly written, mm-hmm. badly everything. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I would look up Mortal Kombat 4's Jack's ending specifically. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh it's so funny. But yeah, Fujin was a character from Mortal Kombat 4. Um, uh, you know, that I thought was cool. He's like the god of wind. Mm-hmm. He sort of built up to be like Raiden's replacement, right? And I, I was convinced that he'd be important in this story, and uh, turns out that he's not, right? But he—he's
1: not that we're aware of.
0: Yeah, but at least he's gonna be DLC, and I, I think they could give him a really cool, fun, contemporary move set, right? With a bunch of wind shenanigans, yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to Fujin. I think he'll be great.
1: Here's a fun little uh, Mortal Kombat fact. Fujin actually made his debut in MK Mythology Sub-Zero as a boss. Huh. Um, yeah, he was introduced in the... Sort of like the second level is this kind of wind temple area. Then you get to the very end of it and you fight Fujin. And uh, when you beat him, he like creates a tornado so large that it rips his body apart. MK. Oh, God. But that didn't stop him from coming back in MK4, and then (laughs) never again until now. (laughs) Except for Armageddon.
0: And and he hung out uh, in the story mode for MKX. Ah, yeah, that's true. He just didn't... You didn't get to play as him, or fight him, or anything. But anyway, finally, on the list, we got Shiva. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, four-armed lady. (laughs) Uh...
1: I'm excited for Shiva because she was, like, a pseudo-main in MK9 for me for a while. Nice. She wasn't a true grappler, but she did have some, like, not-a-grabs with armor on them. Yeah, And so, you could just... I could just, like, really frustrate Daniel <laughs> by, you know, he thinks he's going to attack me, but then I just armor through his and attack grab, and, yeah. throw you and throw uh, him. And so, that was fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see what they'd do with her in MK11. Yeah,
0: I, I bet, like... One thing I have faith in is that Mortal Kombat Eleven will come up with a cool moveset for the character they're making, you know. Yes. Um, even when I don't care too much about the character, I know that they're gonna be fun to play. So oh, I'm looking forward to all nine of these.
1: Yeah. Also I'd just like to add that Shiva had the best ending in MK9. <laughs> her ending was literally that like she helps repel the outworld invasion and in exchange the US government gives her Australia. Yeah,
0: and then she she's the ruler, she's the queen of Australia.
1: I just love the idea of, like, some government agent, just like Agent Phil Coulson, you know, <laughs> that, that tier of person, uh-huh. just coming to Shiva and being like, listen, we really need your help here. What can we give you to make it worthwhile for you to, like, rally the Shokan and help us repel Outworld? And Australia. She just, right. Yeah, she's just, like, she's resting her chin on two of her forearms. She just goes, Australia.
0: Government <laughs> agent's like a, Consider a, it done. <laughs> for fine... <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought you were
1: gonna say oh, f- "fuck," <laughs> <laughs> which is funny to imagine Phil Coulson saying.
0: True. <laughs> Let Phil Coulson say "fuck." <laughs> exactly. Avengers End Game. Yes. But that's our not quite Smash Bros. news. Yeah. For this episode, now that we've had that MK appetizer, we can move on to the Smash main course. <laughs> On April 16th, which, by the way, was my birthday. <laughs> Thank you for the birthday applause. <laughs> Nintendo, instead of announcing a Direct or something, like I was kind of banking on, uh, just just tweeted, hey, we put up a, a video <laughs> right. announcing Joker and all the Smash 3.0 content.
1: Really, they kind of just, like, uploaded a Smash Direct.
0: Yeah, they, they just, they quietly uploaded... A Smash Direct without calling it a Smash Direct. Right. With no advance notice, and when hey, here's all the Smash 3.0 stuff. Right. You can download it tomorrow night, (laughs) April 17th.
1: And then we did download it the next night.
0: Yeah. uh, Some later than others, because the servers were absolutely (laughs) destroyed... Um, I just waited until the
1: next morning, actually.
0: Yeah, like a like I guess a sensible person. That's I was me,
1: Sean, sensible f.
0: I, I was one of the people that were on as soon as the uh, the patch had gotten uploaded. Right. And it took me like two hours because I just kept <laughs> getting disconnected, but I got it. Um, Woo. So, so let's talk about all the content in there. Okay. Uh, first, obviously. The the main event, the big Kahuna, is DLC Pack One, right? Which includes our first DLC character, along with a stage, a soundtrack, and some other cool little bits and pieces. Yeah, little bits and um, mabs. So the character, of course, is Joker. That he is. Uh, Joker was announced during the Game Awards last year. Is now finally out, and uh, and they showed off his character model for the first time, and mm-hmm. his move set, and all that. He's got a pretty cool moveset and I called parts of it. Good job. Yeah. Uh I, I didn't get it a hundred percent. Basically what I had said was that he'd be kind of a weak ish rushdown character. Right. Um, but then he had an arsene stance, turn him into kind of a zoner, and like switching between those two movesets and being flexible between them would be key. What actually happened was uh Arsene is kind of a comeback mechanic. Yeah. Or even just, uh, I'm good at using my counter mechanic. <laughs> right. Because basically, like, Joker, Joker's kind of weak. hmm Um, right? He has, like, he has a lame-ish fireball, he has a grappling hook, as his up-B, which can do some really cool stuff, but is mostly just kind of a, kind of a very situational recovery. Yeah. Uh, but, but you can use it to, like, yank people down from the sky, and that's really cool. And his main thing is his down-B allows him to soak up damage- Kind of do a burst counter with it if he holds it down, mm-hmm. and it fills up a meter of his, the Rebellion Gage, that when it's full, Arsen comes out, and all of his special moves and all of his smash attacks are better and stronger, and he arguably becomes one of the better characters in the game once Arsene's out.
1: Right. So not so much a comeback character as just like a character who's good sometimes...
0: <laughs> well, you know, like uh, it's it starts to come back because uh if you don't use the the down b like you can gain that meter by using your down b but you also gain that meter by taking damage. Right. Uh you gain that meter by being behind, mm-hmm. like having less stock or having more per- damage percent than the other person. So like skilled players can still be ahead and also use Arsene. Right. But it's also kind of a kind of built in as a way you can catch up.
1: Yeah. Although I will say that at least in my experience playing as him, by far the most efficient way to build rebellion is to use your counter effectively. Yes.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Either way, he's he's really cool. I like his moveset a lot. Me too, yeah. I um
1: I was uh, surprised at how much I enjoyed playing him after finding out what his deal was. Yeah. I was initially thinking, like, well, he'll be really hard to balance because either like his Arsene form will make him so good that he's ridiculous, uh-huh. or he'll just be, like, mediocre, and then you have to get Arsene to be good. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously like, he hasn't really shaken out in terms of where he is tier-wise yet. Right. Um, but he felt better to me than I expected him
0: to. Yeah. I I think he's good, and I think that he's not broken. Right. Also, his neutral B is his gun. He shoots his gun. <laughs> Um a, a lot of people are saying wait a second why does snake got not get a real gun and joker gets a real gun right uh, technically joker's gun isn't real uh <laughs> it's it's really it's really silly the lore for it is really dumb but basically his gun is a toy gun that appears to be a real gun when he's in mementos right um right. So, it's not shooting real bullets, it's shooting, like, psychic mind bullets or whatever. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, ESRB, it's, <laughs> it's all good. He's... Still
1: not rated M. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I I really liked playing him a lot. Um, his classic mode is called Shadows. Right. And it has a fun little gimmick where, like, he's fighting these, uh, these dark characters or characters that represent, like, uh, characters he would encounter in his own game right but then after he beats them in that level they that character is his partner yeah. in the following level
1: they're like purified you
0: yeah know? they're like him accumulating personas right. like he did in uh like he does in persona 5 uh persona 5 is kind of a Pokemon mechanic where you can recruit shadows and personas you defeat to your side it's cool yeah so that, that is cool and uh and a great take on shadows mm-hmm. I appreciate that um that you fight the final boss like on Mementos.
1: Yes, that was cool.
0: And uh and and fucking Persona 5 music is like playing while you do it. <laughs> it's it's good. It felt very Persona. I was really into it.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Um speaking of Mementos.
1: Mementos.
0: Yeah. It was uh that's the stage we got. Yeah. It's pretty cool like not too crazy, right? It's like a big platform with uh with a smaller platform on top. Right. Uh with some wacky uh, red and white visuals, mm-hmm. uh, like there's kind of like trains like choo-chooing <laughs> in the uh, in the outskirts of the stage that you can right. bump into. I'm sure there's a reason that it will be considered not tournament viable, but it almost feels tournament viable to me. Right?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Same. Yeah. I uh, when I. Uh predicted that Mementos would be the stage, I was imagining kind of a much more vertical and much less tournament legal stage. Yeah,
0: I was I was considering... I thought it'd be much more horizontal, actually. I thought it'd be kind of a walk-off stage. Oh you know? uh, okay, right, yeah, right. Kind of a Bridge of Elden deal. Um, I was
1: picturing more that, like, because, you know, the the in the game, when you're doing Mementos, you're kind of going deeper and deeper, and so I was imagining... Like, oh, that kind of going down layers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of um, neat. I do. I like the memento stage, though. Yeah, um, and obviously, I like the kind of core, th- cool thing about it. Yeah, it's, it's
0: much more low key than than I thought, but it's it's neat. I like it. Also, our hope and our prediction that you'd be able to mash the D pad with Joker and <laughs> and get some get some supporting character dialogue that did not happen. Yeah. But they did bring some Persona Five voice actors back into the booth. Yeah. And had them yell a couple catchphrases as they appear in the background of the stage. That's yeah. better than nothing, I guess.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty cool to just have Ryuji show up and be like, Yeah, Joker, get him with those jokes! He <laughs> doesn't say that. Yeah,
0: also, I, I would not consider his voice anywhere near that deep. Yeah, Joker! <laughs> no! <laughs> get him with those jokes!
1: I'm actually just, like, turning into Randy Savage.
0: <laughs> like, his, his uh... His register is almost like Joey to me, but without the accent.
1: Yeah, Joker! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joker! Get him with those jokes! <laughs> <laughs> Yug! <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs>
1: Sometimes I like to eat steak and donuts at the same time! What? It just seemed, seemed to be like something Joey Wheeler would
0: say on a given day. <laughs> hey, Yug! I'm trying to win this duel! But I'm dummy thick. <laughs> God damn it. And the clap of my ass cheeks keeps waking up Exodia.
1: <laughs> I I I thought you were gonna go with like keeps distracting Kaiba.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> really good too. That's really You're good.
1: a third rate duelist with second rate ass cheeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the clap of my ass cheeks keeps waking Exodia.
0: You don't know how any of the Yugi characters sound. Shut up! (laughs) Uh, Also, it's probably worth mentioning that uh, Morgana shows up as uh, Joker's taunt. Right. Morgana will show up and do a little wave. Yeah. Do a little catchphrase. Shows up in Joker's victory screen, too. Joker's victory screen's great.
1: Uh, Yes, it is.
0: Yeah one really cool thing they did although a thing they also kind of need to patch right now is that uh if you do his final smash which by the way is the all out attack we call right. it that that's great uh if you hit someone with the all out attack final smash if they're above 100% damage when you do it it's an insta KO if you are in a stock match and you take out all like all your remaining opponents last stock with that attack, mm-hmm. um, the victory screen will just show up straight from the end of the final smash. Like uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, like in uh, like the way a match would end in Persona Five. Right. If, you, uh, if you finish with an all-out attack, uh, that that splash screen of of Joker, like <laughs> you know, like uh. doing that smug face, and then it just says "game over." It. That's uh, really great. Yeah, it's it's really awesome, but. Uh, if you do it in single player, there's a chance that your game will lock up. That's not great. Yeah. So once they patch that, that's going to be excellent. Yes. And yeah, that's all cool. Before we move on from talking about Mementos, though, Mementos does a cool thing, mm-hmm. and that thing is, uh, the visuals change depending on. Uh, what music you're playing?
1: Yeah, if you play Persona 4 music, you get some Persona 4 yellow. Yeah, and if you play some Persona 3 music, you get some cool Persona 3 blue.
0: And if you're playing in free for all mode or something, uh, it's green. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. you get like a. There's a fourth stage visual that shows up under like specific circumstances. Interesting. I think that's really rad. I think it's rad that they have music from other Persona games in there.
1: Yeah, me so, too. So
0: I guess let's move over to the soundtrack and talk about that a bit. All right. There's music from Persona 5, Persona 4, Persona 3, and uh, the first Persona game, technically. Right. Kind of. There's 11 tracks throughout those those games, mm-hmm. and three of them have brand new arrangements, which is like... I'm so happy. I'm yeah, so happy about this. I was a little worried that none of the DLC would get brand new arrangements. Right. Um, but there's three brand new ma- arrangements. One of Beneath the Mask from Persona 5 mm-hmm. arranged by Ace.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they did the battle music for Xenoblade. Blade. And they did a great job. They did a really great job. Uh, I Beneath the Mask <laughs> is actually a track from Persona 5 I really like. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's in Persona Five it's a much more low key theme. <laughs> right. It's a the theme that just plays at night and like, you know, this jazz singer's like bada, bada, Ba da ba ba. Ba 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 Yeah ba 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 It's a lady though, she doesn't sound that deep voice. Ba 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 but they make it more upbeat for uh, Smash and I yeah. think it I think it works really well. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool arrangement.
0: Um a An arrangement of "I'll Face Myself" from Persona Four, right? Made by like a a guy that's mainly done Pachinko uh, stuff, but uh, I really like this remix too. I think it's yeah, I think it's catchy. And finally, a remake of uh, "Aria of the Soul," which is the Velvet Room theme. Right, the Velvet Room being a uh, the place where you talk to Igor in every Persona game. Yeah. So this game, so this track is credited as being from Revelations Persona. The very first Persona game.
1: Even though it's kind of in every Persona yeah, game. Yeah,
0: it's, it's kind of the Persona theme. Right. That's also made by, like, a guy that's not very notable. It's also made by, like, a Pachinko guy. Uh-huh. uh But I, I think Aria of the Soul is the best arrangement of the three.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I can see what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good.
0: Yeah, it just sounds great. Sounds real good. Well, they picked a lot of great tracks. They, uh... Reach out to the truth is in there. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Persona Five battle theme is in there. That that's great. Yeah. Uh,
1: Rivers, Rivers in, in the desert.
0: desert is an excellent theme, and I'm glad it's in there. Me too. Um, one glaring omission is "Life Will Change," yeah. uh, which is the the song that plays when you're doing heist stuff right, in Persona right. Five, and uh, it's essential. "Life Will Change" is essentially a remake of "Get On, Get Up, Get Out There," mm-hmm. which is in the game. <laughs> Uh, But if you were choosing between the two because they're a little similar, I would pick Life Will Change yeah. and not Get Up, Get Out There.
1: I agree. Also, there was no... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> None of that.
0: Yeah, no. no. Uh <laughs> I'm not surprised that Price... I'm
1: so surprised. (laughs) the theme from
0: the third dungeon. I'm surprised. (laughs) Persona 5. I'm not surprised it's not in there, but it is a catchy song. It would have been cool if they tossed that in there for whatever reason.
1: (laughs) I agree.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, overall, I think pretty good music selection. The lack of life will change is weird, but I think ultimately... Since they were choosing across three games, they they selected some good tracks and good remixes. I like the rearrangements. Really happy about them. I agree. Finally, a thing that... So, when they were talking about DLC packs initially, they said straight up each DLC pack would have a character, a stage, and some music. Right. They did not mention whether or not we would be getting new spirits as part of this DLC. So, uh, they revealed that the DLC pack... Comes with DLC spirits. Right. And actually, you get an entire DLC spirit menu where you can just keep remashing these spirit matches until you've unlocked
1: everything. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There are 11 new spirits in the game. Every party member from mm-hmm. Persona 5 uh, in their school uniforms.
1: I guess they're not too cool for school. <laughs> they're just school.
0: Yeah, anu Takamaki, Makoto, uh Ryuji, Ryuji Futaba. Yos- yeah, uh, Morgana. Right. Um uh Kechi. There there's a couple party members I didn't mention. Matt Mercer, the Matt <laughs> Mercer party member. Uh Yusuke, I always forget Yusuke's name. Oh, I said Yusuke. Oh, okay, good. Yusuke. Yeah. Um but also uh Justine Caroline, the the Velvet Room twins. Right. Is a is one spirit. Uh Igor is a spirit. And then there's a Phantom Thief spirit which shows all the playable characters in there. Right. Real cool Phantom Thief uh <laughs> outfits. Uh I unlocked all of them. Good. Uh and they they were pretty fun. Pretty much all of the uh playable character ones had like, you know, a a character representing that party member, mm-hmm. but then partway through the fight, either another character or an assist trophy would join the match representing <laughs> their persona. That's cool. Um like uh <laughs> The best one is Makoto, which is one we actually predicted. Uh, Makoto is a sheik that fights you for a while, and then an invisible warrior enters the match (laughs) and constantly rides his motorcycle. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, real, real good. I loved all the spirits. I've already unlocked all of them. Uh, They're fun. Good job. They, they don't really like their their stats and their and -hmm. the stuff they add isn't really super remarkable. Okay. Like. Even the Phantom Thief spirit, which is a legend spirit, has a skill that I've never seen before, and it's not very remarkable. It's uh. like, eat food or something. I forget what it is. It's not remarkable. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure I'll bring it up in corrections. Next episode. Okay. Next, next time. Corrections
1: segment. is coming back. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, all that made up DLC pack one, and I think that's a really satisfying DLC pack. Yeah, it's good uh, stuff. You, you can get that for six bucks if you want. Or, you know, essentially have it be 5 bucks if you got it as part of the uh, season pass. Right. I think that's a really good deal. Me too. But Joker isn't the only thing we got in the 3.0 update, no.
1: Yeah, you'd be joking if you said that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was was much more stuff. Uh, The first, uh, one thing they showed off was the paid mead costumes. Mm -hmm. uh Costumes that you have to buy separately—they're not part of the season pass. Right. Uh, but they're seventy-five cents a pop, so if you really want it, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. It's going to add up if you get all the <laughs> DLC they put out, I'm sure. Right. Uh, but there's there's some cool stuff. They uh they they did they did two franchises this time mm-hmm. for their first set. Uh, there's Persona. Um, you can get a Morgana hat for your me. Right. You can get a Yu Narukami costume. It's cool. For your me sword fighter. That's the protagonist of Persona Four, right? You can get a Teddy hat, yeah, and you can get a Makoto Yuki costume, right, uh, for your sword fighter. Uh, that's the protagonist from Persona Three. We, uh, I think we called that actually. I think we said uh, maybe the other, maybe the other protagonists will be me costumes. I think so. Um but we we did say maybe about that. We didn't say that was a definite thing.
1: Nope. But... Good job, us. <laughs> we Got it. <laughs>
0: uh, and they also uh, had Sonic costume stuff out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere.
1: Out of no place.
0: Uh, a Tails costume for the Me Gunner and a Knuckles costume for the Me Brawler. These were both already Me costumes in Smash Four. Uh, yeah. So it's not really out of nowhere. There. It's no- just.
1: Really, what I was thinking is like you've got all this persona stuff, and then it's like, by the way, Sonic.
0: I mean, they're both Sega properties.
1: That's Sonic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was like the Sega pack. Right. It's, it's kind of weird, actually, that we didn't get more like Sega stuff. You know, like yeah, a, like, like a you know,
1: crazy taxi assist trophy. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't think I don't think we're getting any assist trophies as DLC.
1: Crazy text. I'm sorry. Every time you've objected <laughs> to something, I've just said it again in a stupid <laughs> voice. Yeah, this is what you've done for the whole
0: podcast.
1: This is what you've done for the whole, whole <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 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 there, what are you, you going
0: to
1: say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. Go on. Um, one one prediction we made was that Kazuma Kiryu would be a me brawler at some right. point. This would be a good point to introduce that, and uh, it didn't yeah, happen. That's true. So maybe maybe we're not getting that after all. Maybe, but I'm sure there'll be plenty more DLC me costumes out there over time. They said this was the first batch, and that there would be more to come. Right. I would anticipate getting plenty, plenty more stuff over time. But then they showed even more stuff. Yeah. Starting with the stage builder.
1: This is this was cool.
0: Stage Builder's is really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they showed that you can do layers. That mm-hmm. you can build it with. You can just draw things in the touchscreen, and it'll make the thing. And you can even like add hazards and stuff like spikes and teleporters, and uh, right. definitely the most robust version of the stage builder to date. And it looks it looks great. It's really cool functionally. Mm-hmm. Um. And on top of that. They revealed their shared content feature, where you can uh, go into the shared content menu and download stages and me fighters. Yeah, uh, and share your own online. Great feature. Lackluster moderation features. I
1: would say. I would uh, say so.
0: The the night it launched, there were just some some awful stuff put up there. I'm sure we've all seen a lot of it at this so- point. Yeah, don't don't want to get too into it, but there should be a report feature. Yes, there there should be a report button on on stuff that references real life tragedies, for example. Uh, ah, yeah, 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 that'd be good. Yeah,
1: or that you know features well, parts of one's anatomy that one <laughs> does not show in public.
0: Yeah, or, or or pornography rendered as a stage, like yeah, yeah maybe that's that not can. Either. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually shocked that 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 did not launch with a report button. Yeah, that That's, seems remarkable. Yeah, uh, like how would, how could your foresight be that low? The because Internet's... it's
1: Nintendo, and it's something is happening online.
0: Splatoon two has a report feature on the on on Splatoon the... two
1: is like young Nintendo though. <laughs>
0: I mean this is like
1: older Nintendo.
0: I mean older Nintendo's here but younger Nintendo is also still here.
1: Well apparently not
0: like the the, the demographic I feel like Smash has a really broad demographic you know like mm-hmm. it's uh, like obviously adults are playing it but so are ten year olds right and I think Nintendo's aware of that so the lack of report button is is amazing.
1: Tonight. You know, they were just sitting there thinking, like, ha-ha, penis, and then they waited for the penis stages, and they got what? more than they
0: bargained for. But here, oh, okay, actually, maybe this is the reason there isn't a report button. Something fascinating, something wild about the stage builder uh-huh. is that there is an algorithm within the shape builder <laughs> that allow, that that prevents you from drawing certain shapes, <laughs> including ding-dongs. Wow! Like, yeah, So I, I saw a great tweet somewhere that was along the lines of... Nintendo paid someone to code in a penis detecting <laughs> algorithm. Right. Uh and got paid to do that. So like maybe they thought that that algorithm would be enough, but that e- even that still feels like low foresight. Yeah. Life finds a way, man. <laughs> but there's also a lot of really cool stages. Oh, for sure. A lot of really funny stages. Yes. Uh like I I saw one that just has like Principal Skinner and Superintendent Chalmers, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. like drawn in front of the Aurora Borealis. Yeah, that was beautiful. Right? Uh, that, like, just a steamed ham stage, that's pretty funny. Another there's... one
1: that I really liked is, uh, there's one where, like, you flip a switch and then it moves a hand to pet a giant cat's head. Oh, yeah. That uh, was really good.
0: There's, there's one for a cat, there's definitely one for a dog, too. Right, right. There's some really funny ones. There's one stage I saw where it starts out as just, like, a picture of Cloud, right? Like, holding his buster sword. Uh But then if you flip a switch, he'll rotate the buster sword. (laughs) And since it's the whole stage, no one has anywhere to stand. Uh. So it's everyone just, like, dying as they they (laughs) fall off his sword constantly. That's cool. Um... There's there's some really really creative really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Not the least of which, one of our fans, yeah, Mitchy, yes, you may have heard of him,
1: good old Mitchell. I don't <laughs> know if that's his full name.
0: Mitch made a Smashing Theory stage and a stage for our other podcast that we do over on our Patreon, uh, Beat Boop Soup. Yeah, he made stages for both. You can find the stage codes in the description. Of this episode. Yes. Uh, cause. We also
1: retweeted them on Twitter.
0: Yeah, we, we retweeted the Smashing Theory yes, one at the yeah. very least. It warmed my heart. That was really great. Thank you, Mitch.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mitch. Now you too can play a Smashing Theory, the stage, while listening to a Smashing Theory, the <laughs> podcast, if <or> you want. <laughs> just just
0: play this part of it on a loop. <laughs> right. Just Just right. embrace, like, ultimate yeah. meta. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. But uh not just a stage builder, there's also a video editor True. that's also shareable and shared content. And uh it's it's crazy, like the the video editor is so robust and good, it it's on par with some video editing software <laughs> I've used as an audio and video editor. Right. Maybe not quite on par, but it has a lot of like it has transitions, uh-huh. it has it has like you know you being able to separate and segment clips together. Yeah. it
1: it's like at least as complex as Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, which is which is it's wild. Good. Yeah, yeah, you can play whatever Smash music you want underneath the uh-huh. the video, and then you can share it in shared content. Yeah, that's great. It is that's really great, and I wasn't expecting that. Me neither. Finally, uh, the Smash World app, which we did anticipate they'd be talking about soon. Was fully unveiled and right. released. It's part of the Nintendo Switch Online app. Mm-hmm. It has the voice chat that it's always had. Right. Uh, it also now has an ability for you to just use the app to check notifications that usually pop up when you start the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can view stage builder and video editor shared content, and right. then just and then just queue up a download. That's cool. Yeah. So you know it'll it'll download when you start the game up you can create spirit teams <laughs> uh out of spirits that you already have you can just assemble those those teams and uh transfer them to your game right and apparently there'll be more the smash world will be getting updates post launch good yeah but that is basically the the 3.0 update but i think that's pretty juicy that's a pretty yeah. big update especially since most of it was just stuff added to the game for free right yeah
1: no oh, yeah a lot of good stuff in there
0: Yeah, I feel like our next update, the next thing that's going to happen is at E3, they're going to announce the next DLC pack, Uh and then release it on the same day. Uh, I like that. I
1: like that prediction.
0: So actually, why don't we talk about what we think that DLC pack's going to be while reading this listener mail. okay, Atlas Fathom on Twitter says, I'm most excited for the stage builder and online sharing feature. Also, the reveal of me costumes both guarantees more in the future, like maybe Cuphead, Master Chief, Minecraft, etc., while also officially deconfirming Tales as playable DLC, <laughs> smiley face. Also, in the Joker reveal, they kind of debunked the DLC leak that I had already said was very unlikely, hmm. the one with Erdrick, Steve, Ryu, and Doomguy. So I'm excited, because this gives more hope towards Banjo-Kazooie, and debunks Doomguy, my number one least wanted newcomer. <laughs> as much as I dislike Doomguy as a character, I'd be fine with a Doomguy helmet and armor me costume, just like I would with Master Chief's Spartan armor. Okay. Thank you, Atlas Fathom.
1: Yes, thank you very much, Atlas Fathom.
0: So, to refresh people's memories, um, that DLC leak was a thing from this guy that said, that gave some details about Joker. Right. And then said. Some other details, one of which was that a Grand Blue Fantasy game was under development. Right, a Grand Blue Fantasy fighting game, and then that was announced a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us jumped onto that. Uh, one thing about that leak that I do want to clarify is that a lot of people think that that whole leak is one as is, uh, is one guy saying that Aerodrick Steve Ryu and Doom guy were going to be the next slate. Mm-hmm. Um but what actually happened was there were two posts. One from that guy saying that Aerodrick was going to be the next character, some information about Mementos and the Grand Blue Fantasy thing. Uh-huh. And then another post from someone claiming to be the same guy uh, that mentioned Minecraft Steve, Ryu and Doom guy. But right. there was never any full verification that that was the same dude. It could have been someone piling onto that.
1: Was it a 4chan thing?
0: Uh, something similar to 4chan. I don't okay. think it was 4chan itself. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so those, those leaks kind of get compounded together sometimes. Right. Um, however, even that first part of the leak, the one that mentions Joker, Grand Blue Fantasy, and Erdrick, uh-huh. might have slipped up a little, uh, because it gave some mementos details. Okay. And one of those mementos details was that Jack Frost would appear on the stage and use a skill. I see. Jack Frost... Does not appear on the stage. True, and does not use a skill because it doesn't appear on the stage. It's not even a spirit or anything, which is which, <laughs> which is, actually is actually kind actually of a sur- yeah, this is yeah. kind of a surprise now that I think about that. Uh-huh. Um, which means that it's possible that some of this leak was inaccurate at the very least. True, I think there's a chance that that stage was still in development or in conceptualized. Uh-huh. It was still being conceptualized at the time he made this leak. Sure, because. That Grand Blue Fantasy thing, uh, hella accurate. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a guess, and also, you know, he did get a lot of other stuff right about Joker right. and even the Mementos, like the fact that it was Mementos. He did get that right. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this optimistically. This could deconfirm Airdrick. Oh, true. Yeah, That'd uh, be great. Yeah, if if Whoa. this is inaccurate, maybe Airdrick is also inaccurate. Which, I don't know, what what are we thinking about that?
1: Uh, I think that, um, there has been some other evidence of Erdrich, to the point where I'm not willing to discount, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm... Or there have been some signs that have pointed to Erdrich. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. like there, there was that, that one Smash guy who, who did that Instagram post Uh with Erdrich's shield and all that, yeah, I... I really want to believe that Eredric's out and Sora's in, you know. I
1: well, of course you do. <laughs> I
0: I really, really want to believe that.
1: I want to believe that too. I just don't know if I can.
0: But yeah, uh, either way, Atlas. I I do want to say that um, Steve, since Steve was part of, was that second part of the leak that may or may not be legit in the first place. Right. I agree that there is hope for Banjo. There's always been hope for Banjo. Yeah,
1: he's a very hopeful guy. <laughs> you know, just. Waltz is right into Gruntilda's castle. I'm banjo, and then he's just hopeful the whole time.
0: Speaking of banjo, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's another listener mail from Mitchy. E. Oh, Mitchy, Mitchy, Mitchy e says, "I've got kind of a theory. Okay, since they've announced that there is a DLC spirit section with a bunch of new spirits, I think the data mine spirits from Rare that ended up not being in the base game." I think those spirits would work really well for Banjo getting in. Mm, okay. Plus, the witch stage that they showed off in the Stage Joker 3.0 trailer kind of <laughs> looks like Gruntilda. Kind of huh. interesting. Also, Stage Builder and the sharing options are going to add so much more hours of playtime in this game, and Joker, and the new remixes are amazing. Uh, Agreed. Thanks, thanks, Mitch! Yeah,
1: thanks, Mitch.
0: So, some, some context... A couple of rare games right. were mentioned in some text of a Smash Bros. data mine. Those games being Jet Force Gemini and uh-huh. Blast Core. However, uh, it is a misconception that they are that they were ever intended to be spirits. Okay, uh, they are found in the game's text, but they are found in a file separate hmm. from the file that had all the other spirits in it. Okay. Now, this could be. The separate file could pertain to DLC spirits. Sure. Uh but also I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure that uh that we'll be seeing Jet Force Gemini or Blast Core Spirits anytime soon. That would be great. Although it'd be really great. Yeah. It would be really cool. And if, if Banjo does get in or even Minecraft Steve gets in, I think those would be some great some great spirit reps for sure.
1: I agree. Except for the part about Minecraft Steve even potentially getting in, because I don't want that. <laughs> I agree with everything else.
0: <laughs> but also, I have seen people thinking that uh, that the witch stage in the uh, in the three trailer there's a, there's kind of a stage where there's a witch like you know moving okay. moving a spoon around in a cauldron, right? Sure. And people are like, it's Gruntilda. It it just looks like a witch. It just looks like <laughs> a regular witch, you know. <laughs> um. And uh, and and sometimes Smash Bros has sometimes the Smash trailers have had some subtle hints, right? Like for future content. Sakurai did that one di- Smash Direct in a treehouse, and then K. Rule was announced in the following uh. Direct stuff like that. But on the other hand, on the other hand, then like he did a he did a direct in a different room after that, and everyone was like, oh, this look at the, the color of these chairs, it's going to be Skull Kid, it's going to be Isaac. Right. And, uh, it was then, neither. Yeah, then that had nothing to do with, with anything he was sitting in. Um. So it could <laughs> he be... Just,
1: he just like does a Nintendo Direct while he's sitting in a cauldron that's being stirred by Gruntilda and has nothing to do with the <laughs> DLC.
0: I'm proud to announce, as our next <laughs> DLC character, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be cool if it was a hint, but I'm not fully convinced. Yeah, I get you. Um the possibility that Eerdrick is not the next DLC character means that maybe Banjo could be the next DLC character. I'm
1: down for that.
0: Um I I think that'd be a great E3 announcement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine that getting announced not during the Nintendo Direct, but during Microsoft's E3 presentation. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Either way, I'm not officially changing my prediction okay to banjo over Minecraft Steve. Uh-huh. I still, I still feel like logically Minecraft Steve is more likely, but I'd prefer banjo, yeah. and banjo would be a really high P3 reveal.
1: I'm also not changing my prediction from Banjo Kazooie because
0: fuck Steve
1: <laughs> Fuck that stupid bitch.
0: Anyway, thanks, Mitch. Yeah, thank you. Here's an email. Alrighty. Got an email from Barnacle Man.
1: Barnacle Man, Barnacle Man. Hey, there it's Barnacle Man.
0: Barnacle Man He's says... He's on a
1: boat. That's too bad. Gotta wash him off with a hose. Look out.
0: Here comes <laughs> Barnacle Man. <laughs> Barnacle Man says... <laughs> what does he say? How are you guys liking Joker. I don't know about you, but I think he is by far the best DLC character Smash has ever made. Wow. His cool unique moveset, all the details surrounding his stage and Final Smash, they show how much love went into making it all. And so far, he seems to be strong, but not too strong. If the other four characters can match that quality, this will be the best fighting game season pass in history. I'm calling it now.
1: All right. It's a bold prediction, Barnacle Man.
0: Thank you, Barnacle Man. You know, actually, he he makes a good point. That Joker feels much better integrated into Smash uh-huh. than a lot of the Smash Four DLC characters.
1: Yes, yeah, I definitely get you there.
0: Like there, there is just something about like Ryu, Cloud, Bayonetta's DLC editions d- mm-hmm. that definitely made it feel like uh, you had a smaller budget on these <laughs> characters. You know, right, like yeah. when when they were putting them together. Uh, although they, they did obviously feel well integrated and polished when they uh Yeah when they made the the port over to Ultimate. Uh Joker like Joker from his stage to his music to mm-hmm. his moveset, uh really feels like they went all out on his implementation. Yeah. He feels like a base game character. He doesn't feel like an afterthought. I agree. Um and uh so I, I think I can agree that he's the best DLC character that Smash has put out so far.
1: One can only hope that they will be able to keep it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm optimistic that this is gonna be this is gonna be a really cool season pass with a lot of love and effort put into it. Me too. And yeah, I, I agree that he's strong but not too strong. I uh
1: Yeah, that's kinda how I'm feeling about him too.
0: Yeah. There's there's a lot of people that are like nerf joker, <sighs> you know, already. Right. But I uh yeah, I think even in his arsene form does not feel too overpowered.
1: Yeah, got some clear weaknesses. Yeah.
0: As the, one of those weaknesses being that he can't stay in it indefinitely. <laughs> right. Um. So even a good Joker player is going to be vulnerable and without Arsene at some points in the game. Yes. So I, I think that's a great way to balance him. Me too. I, I could see kind of a knee-jerk patch within the next four mm. months uh, that reduces the amount of time that Arsene's out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I think that'd be the main way that he'd get nerfed if he got nerfed. But yeah, I I I think he's fine now, honestly.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the history of his character is as patches are
0: applied. Exactly. Like I think like I think a lot of people said that K. Rule was the most broken character, you know? (laughs) Uh Um and he didn't really get any nerfs after that. Actually this most recent patch, he's gotten some buffs. Oh. And you know, like he's much less people are, are saying that now because I think People notice, like, the cheesy stuff that's easy to counter about
1: Like, the meta had time to shake out, you know? Like, it always takes a little while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Barnacle Man!
1: Yeah! Barnacle Man!
0: Thanks. (laughs) Finally, a Facebook message from Mitch E's self-proclaimed nemesis, (laughs) Garrett D.
1: Garrett D! Garrett D! My throat kinda hurts, please make me tea.
0: (laughs) Garrett D says... For the next episode, I'm assuming that you guys are right and that the next time you record, we will either have Joker or already know the specific date we're getting him. Oh, yeah, we did say that.
1: <laughs> thanks for assuming that, Garrett.
0: Yeah. And thanks for reminding us that we got something right. <laughs> I did say, I think by the, next, by the next episode we'll do, we'll have Joker. Right. There was no indicator that that would happen, but I was still right. Wow, you made a real smashing theory there. Oh! <laughs> thanks, Sean, and thanks, Garrett. Oh! <laughs> Garrett goes on to say, Can you give me a high level overview of the franchise? The franchise being persona. Oh, okay. Also, in your opinions, what is the best introduction to the SMT slash persona universe if those are even the same thing? Interesting. Thanks again, you guys. Your podcast brings me joy. Aw, oh, thank you, Garrett D. Thanks, Garrett.
1: Even though you didn't bring me any tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leave Garrett alone. So So uh yeah, Garrett. Um, so, first of all, uh, you're right to wonder if the Shimigami Tensei universe and the Persona universe are the same thing. They're not. Yeah, um, they ain't. Yeah, per- Persona is kind of a spiritual successor to SMT in some ways, right. but it is very much a spin off. They're yeah. like, let's take some of the ideas of Shimigami Tensei, but like set them. In high schools and shit.
1: Right. It's like the spinoff that got even more popular, you know, than the original.
0: Yeah. Man, when was the last time something like that happened?
1: I was just trying to think about that. I'm sure it was, like, a TV series. You yeah.
0: Know? Oh, sure, but... Well, I
1: mean, it wasn't, like... Obviously, it wasn't, like, Laverne and Shirley coming off of Happy Days, because Happy Days is more popular than Laverne and Shirley. Right. Uh, but yeah,
0: like, I was, I was thinking more video games. Like, I right. feel like... Well, I guess... I guess maybe Dark Souls spinning off from Demon's Souls. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Dark yeah, Souls became huge. People barely remember Demon Souls. <laughs> but yeah, Shimagami Tensei is like Shimagami Tensei and Persona both deal in like de like demons are everywhere. Right. They're like Pokemon. I'm going to collect demons and, and use them to fight demons. Yeah. Um Shimagami Tensei is much more About just like demon wars and demon problems and ongoing demon stuff, and it's it generally is like darker and more adult and more like serious.
1: I think of like like I think of Shin Megami Tensei being more of a straight RPG, yeah. Whereas Persona, it has it's a more like a RPG mashed up with a school life anime, yeah,
0: and yeah, it's like yeah, part part RPG, part school life, part dating sim, yeah.
1: Like, generally, the pattern in Persona is, you know, kind of during the day, you are a high school student somewhere in Japan. Yeah. And then, like, at night or at a certain time or whatever, yeah, uh, you are able to kind of somehow transition into the situation where you're, like, a super-powered badass with demon friends.
0: Yeah. And SMT is always just, like, you are always uh the super powered person with demon allies. Right. Um, and just focuses on you going through dungeons and stuff. It's much more of a dungeon crawler. Yeah. And persona like juggles dungeon crawling with anime dating sim stuff and like personal situations right. where you're like interacting with your classmates. Um I like both franchises very much. hmm They're both and I, cool. Yeah, they're they're both cool depending for what you're in the mood for. I I honestly there's there's shimagami tensei games i want to experience more because i feel like i'm much less i've experienced smt much less thoroughly than i've experienced persona yeah the the shimagami tensei game i've played the most is shimagami tensei strange journey which is like you are uh you're part of a science team uh searching like an anomaly that happened in antarctica right and uh and for the ds at least that game was really cool mm-hmm. um the 3DS remake uh makes it more anime in ways that like i i really like the original aesthetic the mm-hmm. the the just the the stark bleak thing that it had going on sure. and uh and the 3DS remake um puts a pretty anime girl in there uh
1: i i uh i often feel that way about like a certain time in the in the Castlevania Metroidvania era, uh huh. Like they transitioned from, you know, I think it was from like Aria of Sorrow to Dawn of Sorrow. Uh huh. They went from this great kind of like classic Castlevania art to like, like this gothic, yeah, yeah, like to this like kind of Saturday morning anime Yu Gi Oh ass aesthetic. <laughs> and uh, wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. So I, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that Saturday morning as Yu-Gi-Oh! aesthetic was like the first Castlevania game I beat. So I right. it didn't bother me as much, but
1: I mean to be clear, I I think, you know, Dawn of Sorrow is probably the best of the Metroidvania. It's real good, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh but I, I do think that, that that distinct Castlevania aesthetic from yeah. those earlier games is better. I agree, obviously. The best introduction to the to Persona and to Shimigami Tensei, I definitely say start. With a Persona game, yeah, because Persona is much more accessible. Yeah, Shimigami Tensei definitely doesn't hold your hand; it takes it way harder on you. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it depends on how much you want to invest yourself in in the Persona franchise. Yeah, because like the more recent, the bigger the number you start with, mm-hmm. the harder it's going to be to get into any <laughs> earlier games in that series. Yeah, because every Persona game, every numbered Persona game, adds so many quality of life uh-huh. updates and adds like so many ways that make it easier and more accessible to play that like that that going back to an older game after that just feels like a chore because you're missing all mm-hmm. these great features that you've gotten used to for example i started with persona 4 loved it uh went back to persona 3 couldn't play it never <laughs> like never bothered beating it right. because it was just so like so archaic mechanically mm-hmm. in in comparison. Like, I, I,
1: I think there's, I started with Persona 3, yeah. and so I think, for me, there's something that I love about each Persona game, but it is kind of like playing Pokemon Red and Blue, and then going forward and playing, you know, like Black and White or something, and then going back and playing Red and Blue again, you know? Right. Like uh, there's definitely an extent to to which you'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot I had to do that. You know yeah.
0: what I mean? Uh, yeah.
1: So I get where you're coming from.
0: But man, like I don't know Persona Three, like it's clear that they were just like figuring out the whole social link thing, yeah, yeah. and it's not like it's hardly intuitive at all. Uh-huh. And then like Persona Four improves on all that, and the Persona Five improves on all of that. Yeah. You know, like I think it's probably just as hard for someone that played Persona Five to go back to Persona Four uh-huh. and try to play that and how it'd be so much more of like a like a bare bones dungeon crawling experience right. for, the, for those dungeon crawling bits. Uh, I think that Persona 5 is a great starting point, mm-hmm. but if you like it so much that you want to play other Persona games, it's going to be a rougher experience for you as a result.
1: Yeah, like I, I guess I, you know, when you're thinking about where and whether to jump into Persona, first think about you know, are you the kind of person who will really get into a JRPG and want to play through the whole thing?
0: Right, because they're, they're all big-time investments. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like, what is your tolerance for, you know, kind of JRPG mechanics?
0: Also, for JRPG tropes, because there's some bullshit in every Persona game.
1: Yeah, funnily enough, that actually gets worse the further you go. Yes,
0: yeah, the, the gameplay gets better, but the, the problematic stuff yeah. gets more problematic. Like... But there's, there's problematic stuff in all of them. Mm-hmm. Congratulations.
1: You know, I, I guess I would say that uh, if you're, like, totally new to or an experience with JRPGs and you want a gentler onboarding, start with five. Yeah. If you feel pretty comfortable with JRPGs, start with four. Yeah. And if you are the kind of person who will be driven absolutely crazy by not playing every game in the Modern Persona franchise, start with three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's I think that's a really good lineup. Also, like maybe look into the basic stories of each and see which one appeals to you the most. Yeah, that too. Like if if you're pretty okay with like some punishing JRPG mechanics mm-hmm. and the idea of like being part of a covert op- ops <laughs> team, basically like being kind of like high school secret agents, right? Like like finding out like cool science stuff in the midst of all this demon stuff sounds cool to you, then maybe Persona 3 is your thing. Yeah. If you want to solve a murder mystery, maybe Persona 4 is your thing. And if you just want to do fucking cool-ass uh, heists, <laughs> uh, then then get Persona 5. Really, whether it begins or ends with you playing Persona 5, I think Persona 5 is the best from a gameplay perspective.
1: From a gameplay perspective, yes, for sure.
0: I think yeah. Persona 4 probably has my favorite story.
1: Uh, yeah, I can I can definitely see the argument there. Yeah. For me, like, um, in addition to obviously having a certain nostalgia for it, uh, I just really like the tone and feel of Persona Three the best. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of like kind of like thrillers with lots of uh like twists and turns and secret stuff going on, and so uh, I really dug it kind of from that perspective. Also, you get a dog in your party. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great. I also think it's worth noting that like. Even if you start with Persona 5 and you can't handle the gameplay mechanics of 4 or 3, but you still want to experience the story, they're great games to like watch a YouTube video series of.
0: Yeah, and they have animes. Yes. The animes, The animes aren't as good as the games, but Persona 4 has an okay anime. Yeah, they're, they're still yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Pretty solid. something sums things up pretty well. There's a really cute Nanako filler episode in, in Persona 4 <laughs> anime. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I th- I think that's pretty good. Shimigami Tensei is a much more old school series and oh, yeah. kinda just like it'll just fuck you up. It's got a lot of dungeon crawling roguelike shit going mm. on. So it's hard to recommend a place to start from there. Yeah. like, uh, like 'cause Shimigami Tensei four is the most recent one, but people had problems with that too because it like it uh it plays with the formula in a lot of different ways. Right. So like so Shimigami Tensei Purist would say play two so yeah, I, I guess if you want to try Shimigami Tensei game, just, just look into which one sounds neatest. My favorite out of the ones I've played is Strange Journey, okay. the original DS version. A left field potential recommendation if you want to see some of the stuff that this franchise is about, mm-hmm. um, but you're not sure where to start. I, <laughs> um, I don't know how well this works as a starting point. But I think that Tokyo Mirage Sessions: Sharp <laughs> Fe for the Wii U yeah. is a very underrated video game. It's great. Yeah, I would
1: love a spinoff franchise of that. Yeah,
0: like I guess if since since you're here, I'm guessing you're at least to some extent a Nintendo fan, right? So if if you want to dip your toe into the whole the Shin Megami Tensei uh, franchise, like from a mechanical perspective, mm-hmm. but you also want to experience something maybe familiar and a little right. comfortable. Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp F.E. is kind of a Persona game where the Personas are Fire Emblem characters.
1: Which, like, if you're like me, as soon as this got announced, you died because of how happy you were, and (laughs) you're a ghost now.
0: (laughs) And, uh, it's it's much more Persona than it is Shimigami Tensei. Yes. It's got a lot of that, it's got some light dating sim elements in there, and Uh a lot of, like, a lot of cute, like, high school-y interactions. Yeah. Um... And I had a blast with it. I thought that game was really fun. It's a cool game. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, the just just a really great battle system. Yeah. Really great, like like class systems and progression mechanics. And really
1: hoping for a switch port. Yeah.
0: Oh man, if you have a Wii U, see if you can pick that up for cheap. Yeah. If you don't, just pray that maybe there'll be a switch version someday. Yes. Um. Next year I feel like would be a good time for that. Me too. Um since we're this getting This year would be a great yeah, time for it. Since we're getting Fire Emblem this year, I'm guessing that we're getting Persona this year. Right. For the Switch. But yeah, I guess that's some that's some Cliff's notes on on the whole on the whole franchise, and like Cliff's Garrett.
1: notes, you think it's going to be short, and then you wind up reading for as long as it would take you to experience the source material. <laughs> uh,
0: that's we're talking about persona—that's impossible. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. But either way, um, as long as you can tolerate some some anime bullshit, Garrett, it, I think uh, I think wherever you decide to start, if you're into JRPGs, you'll you'll have a pretty good time. A pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah, good question, Garrett. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to know where else you can find us, one place you can find us is something we forgot to mention last episode, and now it's kind of old, uh, but I still think it's worth looking at if you like listening to us. We guest starred in an episode of Nintendo Main Podcast.
1: Yeah, our first guest spot ever.
0: Yeah, the first time we've ever guest on a podcast. It's episode 163. Uh, we talk about the, uh, the Nindies Direct mm-hmm. that happened in March. And, uh, and our highlights from that... But we also uh,
1: talk about Turok Dinosaur Hunter and the 2000 comedy Rat Race and a bunch <laughs> of other
0: shit. <laughs> Sean talks about the 2000 comedy. I
1: mean, you, I drag you along. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: guess I technically talk about it, but really it's Sean that talks about rat race. Really uh,
1: it's mostly the normal hosts of Nintendo Man. <laughs> they kind of took that and ran with it.
0: It was still mostly you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um yeah, it was a pretty fun episode. Uh having them having us on was really great. Yeah. Uh they're really fun hosts and uh and Trey, Trey just knows a lot of shit. Yeah. Um so uh so yeah, it was really great being on there you should check out Nintendo main podcast on any podcast and service. Agreed. Uh, and check out episode 163. That's where we be. Yeah. Um, and maybe sometime if we can figure out how to implement guests, uh, we'll have, well, have Trey or some of the other Nintendo main podcast guys on an episode of ours. Uh, Look us... out
1: for that at sometime in the next 10 years. Yeah.
0: yeah let us know if you think that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, also, Uh, We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Beep Boop Group. Uh, We've got all sorts of cool stuff on there, like a exclusive podcast called Beep Boop Soup, where it's all about uh, getting prompts from our listeners and mixing them together in stupid ways. Yeah, Uh, It's it's pretty fun.
1: And always stupid.
0: (laughs) And always, (laughs) always stupid. If you're considering supporting us, now would be a really great time to do it, because uh, we have... Uh, A couple goals we're shooting for. Yeah. Uh, One is Sean finishing his Undertale playthrough.
1: Yeah, we have to make it a goal, because otherwise I was never going to do it.
0: (laughs) If uh, if we reach a certain amount of money, then Sean will play through the rest of Undertale and record it for you guys. And then just
1: keep Let's Playing indefinitely.
0: Well, you don't want to promise that, because I'm only paying you for Undertale. Mm, You should keep paying me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And one that I'm really excited about, that there's kind of a deadline on, is that if we get to 300 bucks a month by the end of this month Sean and I will spend may learning how to play smash competitively with the help <laughs> of a pro player and then enter smash bros ultimate tournament at combo breaker <laughs> and put that whole experience in podcast form for you guys report back on how we did yes uh in in something we're calling jam cram slam
1: So if you like the sound of that, pump those puppies into the Beep Boop group. And by puppies, I mean dollars.
0: (laughs) We're we're at a point right now, if a single person backs up the sponsorship tier, it will simultaneously (laughs) fund both Sean's Undertale playthrough and that. So So if if you're rich... If you're fucking loaded, (laughs) and you're really interested in seeing either of those things, uh, definitely consider supporting us. But also, if you want to give us a dollar or five dollars... Uh, you get some great content, and you still help us towards that goal. Yeah. Next time on a Smashing Theory, here's something fun. Right now, while we're recording this April twenty second. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what the new Persona news is going to be that's right. happening this Wednesday, this Thursday. You guys will know what that is by the time this episode goes up, but we don't know it yet. So tentatively. Our next episode could be us talking about that Persona news and seeing how good our predictions did during our Persona episode a few uh, a few episodes ago. Unless, um, of
1: course, they're just like Persona 5R. The R stands for poster. We're giving everybody a poster.
0: We already to know it stands Persona for.
1: 5. We already know it stands for Royal. Not anymore. We changed <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway. Persona 5S. S stands for posters <laughs> <laughs> multiple posters
0: anyway we will at least talk about the persona stuff next episode yeah so once that stuff's announced if you want to talk with us about it you can email us at a smashing theory at com or tweet a smashing theory on twitter yeah. and we'll feature our favorites in the episode
1: yes indeed
0: um if uh if any more interesting smash bros or fighting game news happens in the meantime uh we'll definitely be talking about that and any other big time nintendo announcements oh yeah marvel ultimate alliance got a release date of july yeah. yeah looking forward to that shit yep but anyway yeah we'll we'll do that we'll do stuff like that yep. uh either way we'll see you in a couple weeks and be sure to be subscribed to us on twitter at A Smashing Theory for updates on what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Until then, have fun playing Smash Bros. Update 3.0.
1: And until then, I'll take your heart. So I'm going to hang on to it until the next episode. In the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time without your heart because (laughs) I've taken it. Goodbye.
0: Oh, why is he turned into like a serial killer? You
1: yeah, know, it's like Persona Five. Like take you, take your heart.
0: <laughs> Even the Persona Five guys take don't like keep the heart.
1: Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the not... game is much darker than you thought it was. <laughs> Have you played this game? Take your heart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Special thanks! Special thanks! Blah! Why would you, like, sing a song when there's music playing underneath us that sounds nothing like what you just did?
1: Funnily enough, I was trying to do the intro to the music, but I was out of key. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it'd normally be.
0: Special thanks to Lonald! Thanks, (laughs)
1: Lonald!
0: <laughs> thanks for letting us do this, yeah, for, for months, hope man. You,
1: hope, hope you think it's worth your money.
0: We're grateful. Yeah. Special thanks to Nymph.
1: Thank you, Nymph. Nymph. Nymph.
0: You, I'm gonna see you. I saw you at the wedding. That was Nymph. really great. Now I'm gonna see you in June, and you might get to guest star on an episode. Nymph. That'll, yeah. That'll. Are you gonna say anything besides Nymph? Shot? I
1: have nothing else to say. I <laughs> didn't see him at the wedding. <laughs>
0: Are, are you excited at the prospect of seeing him in June? Nymph. <laughs> he, he nodded, Nymph. Special... Yeah. Thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee.
1: Thank you. You know what? You haven't made us dinner yet, but you're gonna. <laughs> thanks for that.
0: I I almost want to put a ban on thanking Amy for dinner. I'm grateful that she makes dinner all the time. Thanks the last time you made breakfast,
1: whatever that no, was. No, <laughs> Sean!
0: Uh, thanks thanks, Amy Lee, for all the things you do and not just the domestic household chores. But especially
1: the dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Amy. Thank you.
0: And special thanks to Leo. Woo! Leo! Leo, you just started your own podcast. Congratulations. And that's that's great. I wish you uh, the best on that endeavor, and I'm excited to see where that goes. Me too. All Um, those things. But yeah, thank you for supporting our podcast, Leo. Yeah. All these... People backed us (laughs) at the $20 special thanks level. They sure did. If you'd like to hear us thank you, uh, you can back us at the $20 or more.
1: Yeah, and if you cook me dinner, I'll thank you for making it. Like a normal person does. Daniel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all the normal people (laughs) is thank people for making the dinner on every episode of their podcast. Whenever
1: someone makes me dinner, I thank them for it. (laughs) Because I
0: <laughs> I also thank Amy Lee every time she makes dinner, but what you're doing is, like, someone at a diner, like, cooks you, like, you know, cooks you a dinner, and you're like, hmm, hmm, this, this is good, this is a good dinner, excuse me, and then you walk up to, like, a podium, and you're like, excuse me, I'd like to make an announcement, thank you to Flo at Flo's Diner. But tell
1: me that Flo wouldn't be appreciative of that, she'd be so appreciative. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, thank you.
0: But if you did it every other week?
1: I'm telling you. (laughs) Flo would love
0: that shit. (laughs) The special thanks music has not been playing for the past minute. (laughs) We have definitely gone over time with this fucking event. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to to our patrons. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)